Welcome to the Entrepreneur's Visiting Victor podcast with Victor Dadaj, where you'll hear stories and strategies to help increase your sales and grow your business. Here's your host, Victor Dadaj. All right. Welcome to Entrepreneurs Visiting Victor. I'm your host, Victor Dadaj. I hope you're having an amazing day so far. Today, we have an awesome guest. She runs several businesses. She is a mother of 15. She is on a mission to help 1 million people break down the walls around their hearts. And she helps moms redesign their lives to one that consists of confidence, clarity, and joy. Let's welcome America's Superman, Lachelle Atkins. How are you doing today, Lachelle? I am doing great, Victor. It is good to be uh, back in your company. Uh, we have spent a lot of time together over the past, what, six to seven months on Clubhouse. So I'm glad to uh, connect with you again. Uh, it's great to have you on. It's always a pleasure and an honor having you, having you on and listening to you because you always have a lot of great wisdom to share with us. So I'd like to get started, Lachelle, by asking you, how did you get started on your entrepreneurial journey? Yes. Yeah, so um, this is a long story, I would say, but we'll just keep it short. Um, no, feel free but... to make, share as much <laughs> as you can. People okay. want to hear it. Well, you know, I was an only child. So you mentioned that I have 15 children. So mm -hmm. my journey began with really pursuing the quote unquote American dream. I was raised to really value education. And so uh, I was, I would call myself a high performer. Um, and so went on that journey, went to college, you know, all things uh, studied business. So I got my degree in marketing. However, you know, I pretty much kind of put that career on the shelf because uh, my husband and I did start our family uh, when I was still in college. And so the numbers just kept rising and I really felt like there wasn't room for me to be a mom and have a career at the same time. Uh, I really struggled with that because I just didn't know how to navigate through what that looked like, you know, because my family did not look like everybody else's family. And uh, just, it was really kind of overwhelming for me. So during that process, I suffered from depression for a period of 13 years, just on this roller coaster up and down of trying to make sense of what my identity looked like, because what I had spent my whole life building around uh, getting a good career choice and you know, work in that career until retirement and then life being uh, happily ever after, that just wasn't my reality. And so spending so much time and effort into that, I just didn't know how to navigate. So uh, I was going through depression for this 13 year period and I was hospitalized three times. And after my last hospitalization, I realized that um, a lot of my situations stemmed around me and my choices or lack of choices thereof. And so at that point of taking accountability for me, that's when I began uh, my career as a uh, lifestyle designer is what I call it, uh, coaching other moms on ways that we can implement strategies so that we can face all the obstacles that life throws at us with a smile instead of stress. So that's me in a nutshell. No, that that is awesome. Thanks for sharing that. So you know, you went through a journey. You you 
went into marketing, you wanted to have a regular corporate career, then you and your husband started having a family. And then as mm -hmm. family got bigger, it got harder for you to do that because, you know, you had to be there for your kids. And, mm -hmm. and, and you went through a, a period of pressure for 13 years struggling with your identity. And, mm -hmm. and you realized after you were hospitalized three different times, you realized it was uh, a lot of what was happening was a, was, a, uh, was a result of your choices, or as you say, a lack of your choices. Mm -hmm. So you, you focused on responsibility and accountability. Um, mm -hmm. And that's something I think a lot of people struggle with because uh, being accountable is so hard. It's so easy just to blame other people, other factors outside mm -hmm. yourself. So I think accountability, I think is so important. And, and it seems like one of your big uh, desires and goals is to help other moms who are going through similar situations and help them become more accountable, realize they could do much more with their lives. So would you mind uh, sharing a little bit more of some of the work you do with these moms who are struggling with depression, who are struggling with mm -hmm. these choices, who are struggling with you know having a career or not having a career, you know, mm -hmm. trying to balance maybe having a career, having family, or maybe working from home so they can spend more time with their kids? Yeah. So, uh, you know, you mentioned some great things and really uh, what really catapulted me a lot was this pandemic. Um, I was a part of several Facebook groups and my network grows uh, tremendously all the time because I do have my own podcast and I'm a TV producer. But during that time of the pandemic, I had a lot of master classes to really help women with just that navigating through what life looked like being a stay-home mom and your children being at home, you know, with this pandemic in a virtual setting. And so um, that really is something that I'm passionate about. I uh, offer a lot of group coaching as well as individual coaching for women to really tone in on what those strategies look like. Uh, I think the first thing of the most importance is your mindset. You know, for years, we have struggled with the idea that moms can do it all. And although I believe that that may well have been true, we have done it all because we have been a lot of times in survival mode. And I really want to empower moms to work smarter, not harder. You know, so many things that we just believe that we have to do. And when we begin to hone in on what some of our skills and strengths are, we can find ways to do that to where it doesn't have to cost our sanity or uh, relationships or feeling like we have to choose between a career and being a mom. You know, we can do all of these things simultaneously. So that is really what I'm about. And I think education is a part of that, which is why um, I try to really be involved in a lot of different areas. I, I believe in multiple streams of income, whether you have one child or 15, as we can see with this pandemic, you know, if you have all your eggs in one basket, so to speak, if you were, if that basket was um, live speaking, okay, you would really be blown out of the water right now with what happened with this pandemic where live events were no longer a part of our reality. So um, with that being said, I just use every platform that I can to really educate because I think education is the key. We don't know what we don't know. And that was really my issue. I didn't know what I didn't know. 
Oh, you're right. And yeah, and you're right. The this pandemic, the last couple of years has definitely changed everything. I mean, in 2015, if you if you said predict where you'll be five years now, I think everyone would be wrong because no one could foresee what was going to happen. Like you said, people who focus on one stream of income who are doing really well. For, you gave the example of public speakers, things dried up. Uh, people mm -hmm. who had travel clubs, things dried up because people mm -hmm. stopped traveling for a while. So you just never know. So it can be very dangerous relying solely on one stream of income. So mm -hmm. um, I'm glad that you are teaching other moms how to have multiple streams of income because that is very important in this day and age. You just don't know. And with technology, mm -hmm. also things are changing. Technology and pandemics, man, you never know what it can do to that one stream of income. So I agree. That is a very important point for people to uh, keep in mind. And I, you know, you mentioned about mindset. That is so important because so many mm -hmm. people, because of the way they were brought up, uh, from their families, their their teachers, their friends, they don't have that powerful positive mindset. They have a negative mindset. Very often, they don't. Mm -hmm. They have the abilities, but they don't have the belief that they can do it. So, I'd like you to, um, you know, uh, share a little bit. How do you help people with their mindsets? Because I'm sure some of the moms you're dealing with. You know, they just don't think they can do it. They don't believe they can do a lot more. Mm -hmm. Even though it's obvious, I'm sure we're talking, these are very talented moms. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think uh, the first thing is having a scarcity mindset versus abundance mindset. Now, mm -hmm. if many people hear my story, they see, you know, my accolades when it comes to academics, they're thinking, man, you know, she is on the road to success. But uh, one of the things that that road taught me was uh, scarcity. You know, it was very hard for me to ask for help. Uh, I was really caught up in what I could do. And uh, I had this mindset that, you know, everything depended on me. I was afraid to let go of uh, sharing the spotlight, so to speak, afraid that other people would take my credit. And, you know, that really led me on this path that was dark because I had that mindset with my home. I was the one who was trying to do all the things, the cooking, the cleaning, and uh, taking the kids to practices. And I didn't even think about division of labor or, you know, uh, honing in on whose skill set was good at what, you know, so it left me in this place where I was really uh, thinking that I had to do it all. And so I think the first um, way to combat that is to realize that you know, it takes a team, you know, everybody can't uh, do it alone. And those same principles really help us to uh, have success in our business. Because if you're the only one that's running your business, you can't go on vacation. You can't uh, be sick. You know, you can't have a day off because your business is not going to run. So I really uh, am grateful now, even though it was a hard struggle where it was really my own personal journey that really got my attention, but really honing in on the fact that, you know, to delegate is really just sharing the spotlight with someone, you know, it's giving them the opportunity to shine. And, uh, you know, for years, I thought me and delegation is me giving my power away. And it's uh, totally not that. So just transforming some of the limiting beliefs and things that have left us stuck and paralyzed in fear is really the main uh, basis that I teach through master classes and group coaching. Now that's some really good stuff there. Uh, a difference between a scarcity mindset and an abundance mm -hmm. mindset. And a lot of people, 
I've been in your position too. There have been times I've been afraid to let go. A lot of people do. And I think part of it comes from insecurity. They're afraid of what will happen. They feel like mm -hmm. I need to do everything. The problem is, if, you know, like you said, if you have to do everything, you can't duplicate yourself. And like you said, mm -hmm. you can't take any breaks. You can't go on vacation. And if you go to the, go into the hospital for a couple months, guess what? Your business is dead for two months and maybe mm -hmm. may not re recover from it. So that's very important that you realize you need to delegate. And all the most successful people I've ever talked to or interviewed, they all tell me, I focus on the things I do best. Everything else I delegate mm -hmm. to other people. So, you know, maybe I'm bad at accounting. So I, I hire an account to do my accounting or I'm bad at marketing. I hire a marketing person. Or I have someone do my mm -hmm. copyright. I focus on the things I do because that's what the most successful people do. And that's how you grow your business. And it's very important. And that's how you get residual income. And here's the thing, like, for example, in the industry, one of the things you, you do is network marketing. One of the things you have to teach people to become successful. If you try to do everything for them, no one, your mm -hmm. business is not going to grow. And number two, they're not going to grow. But if you teach them how to duplicate, you teach them how to build residual income, they teach other people, they teach other people, guess what? You're a lot more successful. You know what? You can go on vacation mm -hmm. for a month and your business will still keep growing as a result. So I think that's a very important point you brought up because mm -hmm. so many people, they're afraid. They think if they teach people, and this happens a regular job, they're afraid if they mm -hmm. teach people. Managers sometimes are afraid to share their knowledge with other people because they're afraid if they teach their supporters, they're going to lose their jobs. But what usually happens is the more you teach, the more you share your wisdom with them, the more you get respected as a manager and actually the higher up the organization you tend to go, but the insecure managers are afraid to show other people. Those in the managers usually don't go up the corporate ladder. So you tend mm -hmm. to be more successful, whether it's an entrepreneur or in a regular job, the more you share with other people because it feeds you to do the other things that are more important. So those are mm -hmm. some really great points you do. And as a result, I, I have to imagine that's one of the reasons why you're able to run several businesses, one run, running this mm -hmm. family of 15 years because you're teaching your kids the power of transformation delegation, right? Mm -hmm. So true. And I think um, I love the point that you mentioned about really sticking with the thing that you do well. You know, uh, the joke that I always share with people is that, hey, I, I'm, I'm just not tech savvy. OK, if anything was to happen with this recording or something, it's like, hey, I can't help you. And um, I am able to admit that. And I think if we're able to embrace the things that we don't do well, we can eliminate that feeling of feeling like we have to be perfect in everything. You know, a lot of people don't pursue a lot of opportunities because they're like, well, I don't know how to do X, but you don't need X for the whole project to be successful from you. You can get X from somebody else and you can do Y if that's what you do. And I think sometimes we get that tunnel vision of thinking that we have to have all or nothing rather than recognizing, you know what, I'm good at, you know, the behind the scenes of the editing, but you can do the video and I'll do the copy, you know, for the post or whatever. You know, we are so focused on making sure we manage all those parts instead of really understanding that the more you stay in your lane, the easier it is. You know, you think about LeBron James, you know, we know him for basketball. So if he is clear about his skill in basketball, every basketball opportunity that comes his way, he can take it. And it may look like, man, you're everywhere playing basketball, but that's because he's staying in his skill set. You know, so it has the opportunity to open up a lot more doors because you can have tunnel vision on what you do well. 
and you could show up at any party or any situation, always being prepared to show up at your best because that's what you're focusing on. Yeah, and that's a very good point. You got to focus on the things you're best at, and and I, and I, and and it makes me think of something that's it's a trap. I think a lot of people fall into because, especially, you have a lot of responsibilities, a lot of things, tasks you got to do. Is I, I think multitasking can be very dangerous. I think because mm-hmm. people think they can do three or four things at once, but studies show you your brain cannot do that. You're actually going back and mm-hmm. forth between the two, and these studies show you're actually a lot less productive and your performance suffers. So. Uh, you, would you mind talk a little bit about multitasking and um, how you're able to be productive or your businesses, you know, having to juggle a lot of different things? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, multitasking is similar to mindlessness, you know, and I was listening to a podcast earlier today and it was talking about how when we learn to meditate, we learn to take control of our consciousness which prevents a lot of mindless activity that just happens on autopilot and doesn't serve us. So for example, if you are mindless, you will get a bag of chips, be thinking about other things. And before you know it, you've eaten the whole bag. Whereas if you take the chips and you portion out a certain amount and put it on on a plate, then you could limit what it is that you want to limit that uh, capacity to be for that session of eating. And so often that's what we're engaged in. When we're thinking that we're multitasking, we are mindless about whether it's a comment that we're making uh, for somebody who made a post on our situation, or, you know, we are distracted by our kids and, you know, not really engaged in clubhouse, right? We have all these different things that can really impact how we show up. And so if we begin to transform that mindset to being more mindful, we can be present and intentional and really have more impactful conversations. We can make more impactful statements that can really give people the insight necessary behind the quote unquote highlight reel that people are looking at. You know, they look at this video and they're probably thinking, hey, you know, they sound like they have it all together or wow, Victor's great. He can interview people and how does he do it? Well, you know, the thing about it is you're able to be present, which can affect how you show up because everybody has things going on in the background. You know, I have my kids here, they're in another room, my older ones that are not in school. And um, they are making noise, you know, cooking or whatever the case is. I have papers right here on my desk and books and stacks. And it's like, man, you look at what's going on uh, on the other side of this computer. and You'd be like, this is crazy. But that doesn't have to impact how you show up because we don't have to be perfect all the time when we are in a situation. We just have to be mindful and intentional. Yeah, I like that being mindful and intentional and present and being attentive. You got to be present in every situation that you are, and it's going to affect your relationships. And in any business you're in, your relationships are very important. And people can usually sense when you're fully there, you're fully present, and when you're not. Mm-hmm. So if you're not really fully paying attention, uh, the most popular people, the most popular politicians, for example, I, I just read these guys 
when they meet someone, they make them feel like they're the only person in the world, even though there are mm-hmm. dozens of other people around them. And mm-hmm. that makes all the difference in the world. And I'm glad you brought up meditation and, you know, mm-hmm. the difference between that and mindlessness, because meditation is so important, because if you can do that sit for, say, 15 minutes a day, mm-hmm. number one, it shows you can control your time for 15 minutes. Very often, we let time control us instead of letting Amen. us control time. And, <laughs> and, and meditation will help you control time. So I, I thought it's, it's a great thing. You, It's a great thing you brought that up. And it does so much for you. It clears your mind. It gets you away mm-hmm. from that mindlessness. And it helps uh, get the creative juices going on. It really mm-hmm. gets your subconscious mind going. And Tim Ferriss, the guy who wrote the four hour work, he did a mm-hmm. survey a number of years ago of the top people in, in, in many different professions. And one thing he got out of the answers from all these people was about 90% of these people who are at the top of their profession practice some form of meditation or morning mindfulness exercise. So I thought it was pretty interesting mm-hmm. that, that mm-hmm. Uh, they, how these people also meditation or morning mindfulness as something very important to do and help them become very successful. And you brought that up too. So mm-hmm. I'm sure some of the people listening to this will probably do meditation, but for those who are not, uh, listen to what Lachelle brought up. Meditation is something you should definitely consider doing if you want to take your career or your entrepreneur journey to the next level. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I think, you know, the whole thing of um, really empowering yourself to recognize that, you know, to be successful, it has some opportunity costs. You know, um, a lot of people just are amazed with the fact that we still have 10 kids at home. And so they're like, man, how do you do it? And uh, one of the things you have to realize is that, you know, as a parent, you know, you do parenting things all the time. But if you're working, a lot of times you, you know, if I have an event that's away from my home, I can't be a parent at that particular time. You know, I have to be on and show up for my business. And a lot of people try to have this mindset that you can be all things and do all things in real time and think that it's going to be together. And that can't be further from the truth you have an opportunity cost, you know, you are going for business. And so you need to be present for business. And sometimes that requires more time away from your family. But I think, you know, the mistake we make is that we don't really engage in that kind of conversation with our children, you know, really explaining to them, you know, one of the things that I had to do during the time of the pandemic, my kids were at home virtually And uh, they just said, man, mom, are you just glued to that computer? And I had to explain to them, look, there's a lot of people that are really struggling with what this dynamic is showing for their household. People are not experiencing things the same as how we're used to it. And really talking to them and then them understanding the work that you do. So as when I was able to receive my first book that I uh, was able to publish during the pandemic, and the boxes came in, the person delivered them and we opened them up and they were able to see, wow, this is some of the stuff that mom was working on. You know, as a result of those times that we felt like oh, she's not paying attention or whatever. So I think it's really talking to your children about the ups and downs, the highs and lows, the things that really go into work because, you know, they see this highlight reel, people Instagram famous and TikTok famous. But it takes a lot of work. I have one of my daughters who she really is into TikTok. And so I have a friend who just reached out during the latter part, you know, uh, latter part of last year. And he 
makes money on TikTok. And so she uh, was, uh, so she was asking me about TikTok and I'm, I started being on TikTok, but I never really recorded. I just, you know, used it to go through watching the videos. I had to set a timer because it was crazy. But anyway, so she knew I was familiar with it. And so she was like, how do I grow this following? So I said, well, I'm gonna ask him. So I reached out to him and he said that he posts like 40 videos a day. So she really got the opportunity to say, wow, he has over 100,000 followers and he gets a million views on stuff consistently, but this is what it takes to do that. So we have to educate our kids about the reality that success looks good, but are you willing to put this time and this effort into that success? Is that going to really work for you? You know, that's a very good point. I think it's very important to engage with your kids and explain to them the opportunity cost, the sacrifice you have to make to become successful. Like mm-hmm. that guy with, with, in TikTok, he's got one, you know, hundred, hundreds of thousands of followers and he's doing 40 TikToks a day. So that's a lot of TikToks. I did a few TikToks <laughs> and for me, one a day was enough. So to do right. 40 of them, yeah, I was like doing 40. <laughs> but he had that commitment for him. It was that important. Right. So he put in the time and effort. And anyone that's been successful, whether it's in TikTok, Instagram, whatever, YouTube, they put in the time and the effort. I have a friend, he has, I don't know, 100,000 subscribers on YouTube. But when he mm-hmm. started his first year, he was doing a video every single day. He used to mm-hmm. say a video day makes the bills go away. So that's why he grew his mm-hmm. farm because he was consistent. He was there every single day. He put in the time and effort. He had a family, he had a wife, he had three daughters. So, and, and it's good to engage her because make them understand. Like he said, sometimes the children only see the glory, all the great stuff I have, but they don't see mm-hmm. the work that was going on behind the scenes. So when your kids were at school, they weren't seeing all the time you were putting in, talking to people, making videos, doing all these things. But when they were home from the pandemic, then they saw like, mm-hmm. wow, mommy's, mommy's glued to that screen all day long. This is why she's getting things done. So it's, right. so, yes. So it's, it's important to make them understand because sometimes they have a false sense of reality. They just say, oh, success is like that. It doesn't. Success comes before no, work. Success comes before work only in the dictionary. You have to spend the time. <laughs> and, and you brought in the, and you mentioned that example of, you know, sometimes you have to go to an event, you go away for a few days. You really can't be a parent at that event because your kids are home, you're there, and, and mm-hmm. you, you, get, you really got to be more focused on the event. And maybe after the event, you'll give your kids a call, but that's, that's, mm-hmm. there's only so much you can do when you're away. So you, can't, you really can't be a, much of a parent. So your focus really has to be on the event. And I think some, some parents have trouble uh, dealing with that. So you, you have to, uh, like you said, you have that talk with your kids saying, I got to be away for two or three days, but when I'm back, I'm fully there. So no, it's great. you so true. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, we don't really give ourselves room to see how our parenting is, right? You know, part of you being an example to your kids is when they're not with you, you know, I mean, we should be really able to embrace our kids being in a classroom. You know, if we're doing what we're supposed to be doing at home, then it should be evident when they are away from us. But we forget that, you know, we're just thinking we have to smother them and be around them all the time. Do you think part of that may also go back to what you were saying before, like sometimes you feel you have to do everything. You can't leave things on your own. So you're afraid to go away for a few days. You're afraid to trust your children that they can take care of things for those three days. Or you, Do you think that's part of the issue? I, I think it's an issue of control. 
See, mm-hmm. we want to be able to control things. And when we're able to re- recognize what we can and can't control, you know, uh, uh, one example that comes to mind with me is um, one year we had, uh, my daughter was her first year in school. She was in kindergarten. And so at the end of the year, you have the award ceremony. So each of our kids had different awards based on their age group. So she was the only one, I think she got like two awards. So all of her brothers and sisters got more awards than her. She was devastated. She just cried and cried and cried about it. And I said, well, you know, there were other things that went into these awards and we went over each one and explained to mm-hmm. what it took. So we have this um, routine at the beginning of the school year, we create vision boards. And so the kids make their own. I don't tell them what their vision is. They do their own. So her vision was to get more awards that year. So she, I said, well, do you understand what it takes? It's going to be maybe turning your homework in early or asking more questions and getting better grades or being more engaged. So she put that on her vision board and that year she accomplished that. So what it looked like for me was the times that she was looking like she wasn't focused with her homework, I'd say, oh, so did you change your vision on your vision board? And she'd say, no. And I said, well, you know, is that the kind of uh, progress that's going to help you accomplish your goal? And she'd be like, no, let me just go get my work done. You know, so it didn't look like I was nagging her. I was supporting what her vision was for herself. And I think we don't allow our kids the ability to be their own guide. You know, we don't allow them to recognize that they really have it within themselves to determine what their outcomes can be on whatever they choose to work towards. I like that idea of supporting their vision. And, you know, the idea of the vision boards is so helpful. And like you say, you weren't telling her what to do. You're saying, well, you being, you following what's on your vision board. It's like, oh, yeah, right, I'll get to, I'll take care of the work. I'll do the homework. No, I, I think that's a great idea. Have, you know, sometimes parents just, you know, maybe the younger they are, you might tell them everything what, what they need to, but as they start getting mm-hmm. old, you have to have them come up with the idea themselves, have them think of the solution. You can encourage mm-hmm. them, guide them. But you, that's what you were doing when you're doing, just you know, having her come up with the idea saying, oh, I need to do this. Instead of just mm-hmm. saying, well, why aren't you doing it? But you asked her a question, then she came up with the solution. So, oh, yeah, you have to get mm-hmm. back to this. So I think mm-hmm. that's and that's how they're able to create uh, to think more creatively, you know, mm-hmm. have them come with. And you know what? And they lo- and I'm sure you, from your kids, they love it when you respect them enough that you allow them to mm-hmm. come up with the solution instead of telling them everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, I think it really helps as a parent to really witness, you know, what you have taught them. You know, we don't really give them a chance to um, share with us what they've learned from us. You know, it's always, you know, I know, or I was on this pattern of, I felt like I was always disciplining them, right? Because it's like, hey, put your, put your plate up, push your chair in you know, take, put your shoes away, clean your room, you know, all these different things. It's more like uh, commands. And I uh, heard in a a podcast the other day that you can get a lot more accomplished if you make requests rather than commands. So that really stood out for me. Yeah, make requests instead of commands. I agree. When you you make requests, it sounds like, okay, because you give them the control whether to do it or not. Right. When you tell them what to do, they feel like they're not in control and they resent it. 
it's it's mm -hmm. interesting because it works similar to sales. If you tell them everything mm -hmm. what to do, the prospect gets uh, will not do it. But if you make them, if you if you ask them a question, have them come up with the idea themselves. If you have them come up with the solution themselves, they're much more likely to join you or buy for you. So it's it's interesting. The less mm -hmm. you tell them what to do, you make them come up with the idea. You ask them the question, asking question, making requests. It's so important. People, it mm -hmm. makes people feel validated. And they and I'm sure yes. your kids feel validated. They feel appreciated. And they, mm -hmm. they feel more respected. They said, and they're more willing to do these things, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, if, when things don't work out, they don't feel uncomfortable about coming back to you. You know, mm -hmm. they don't have this thing of, I told you so. It's mm -hmm. like, man, you know what? I didn't even see that. And then, you know, we have a discussion about it. Well, you know, just only thing you could do is kind of pin bookmark that. And then the next time you can recognize it if it comes up again right? Because we're all going to make mistakes. And depending on our learning style, we'll have different kinds of mistakes. You know, some people, you know, they have to learn. In my case, it took me three times being in the hospital before I finally got the message, right? So, uh, or whether we're in denial, right? Or we're distracting ourselves on purpose. Is this, you know, it's really based on where we're at at that particular time on how we're going to learn that lesson, or, you know, how it's really going to show up for us. Yeah, and you mentioned a very important point there about not being afraid to make mistakes because we're all going to make them. The thing mm -hmm. is, when we learn from them, that's fine. I think a lot of people, and it starts very often when their children are afraid to make mistakes because they got yelled at, they got punished at school. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you, were, you were not rewarded for making mistakes. You were punished. And at work, a lot of times when you're at a job, the boss will not congratulate you for the good things you do. But when you do something wrong, the boss will yell at you and say, oh, man, you, you know, get yelled at, you, you, get, you lose promotions, bonuses, whatever, sometimes you get terminated. And when you're afraid to make mistakes, you will not take those chances, those risks to do those great things that can make you have a better life, be more productive, be more successful. So mm -hmm. a lot of times, and, and, and it's great you're able to teach your kids not to be afraid to make mistakes to feel sometimes mm -hmm. it's almost they can get up and learn from their mistakes. I remember reading, I forget what book it was in, but uh, there was this guy became, I think, a successful scientist. He says one lesson he learned when he was young, he spilled a, a bottle of milk and he was afraid his mom was going to yell at him. And his mom said, you know what? Okay, let's clean up the mess and let's see how we can learn not to drop it the next time. And he, and he felt mm -hmm. so good that the mom did not scream at him, didn't punish him. They said, okay, we'll just learn how to not do it the next time. And, and, and he felt like he, he, he felt freer. He felt like he didn't, he didn't need to be afraid to make a mistake in front of his mother. Mm -hmm. So when parents are able to do that with their children, the kids are like, I think are now going to be afraid to take more risks, take more chances and try to improve their lives as a result. So I, I, that's why I'm glad you brought that point because I think mm -hmm. some parents miss out on that and, 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 and it can do some damage to the kids as a result. Would you agree? Mm -hmm. So true. I mean, I think, um, you know, it, it really is uh, a disservice that we do to our kids because we expect them to be better than we were. You know, it's like, you know, we don't want them to make bad friends or make a bad grade or you know, experience sometimes bullying or being the product of gossiping or them gossiping. You know, we just try to protect them from life things that happen. You know, we don't equip them with the right skills or tools mm -hmm. on how to navigate through that and what that looks like. And so, you know, I know in my case, you know, it was really hard for my kids because they 
felt that I never really had any problems. So they felt like, man, if, if they had a problem, something was wrong with them because they looked at me and I didn't have it. So, you know, we have to really be conscious of the attitude that we're portraying to our kids or just that mindset, you know, because what happens is your kids can be internalizing something's wrong with them because they're not having any imperfections. They see you being perfect, so to speak, not talking about anything bad. And so they're thinking something's wrong with them and internalizing that. No, and that, that's a great point. Uh, they're watching your children, uh, you know, and, you know, rationalizing that mom is perfect and I'm making these mistakes. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with me? Whereas they don't see the other side of the things you went through 13 years of depression, hospitalized three mm-hmm. times. So you went through your ups and your downs. And I think mm-hmm. sometimes um, sharing that vulnerability makes your kids realize hey, it's okay to make a mistake, you know. Mm-hmm. mom's not perfect and it's okay if mm-hmm. i'm not perfect so i think that's a very good point you made because sometimes parents may not realize that and they don't realize their kids are thinking so they might feel guilty man why why am i not as good as mom and dad and then, mm-hmm. and then and i think sometimes the parents need to reassure the kids it's okay to not be perfect it's okay to make a mistake you'll learn from it. it's all right mm-hmm. you'll grow from this mm-hmm. so i think that's a great point you made up because so many and that's another reason why people are afraid and and you know that you can apply that in business because I know mm-hmm. if I hear someone talk about no, oh, when I got started, I made a million dollars the first year, everything was easy, I had no problems. No, almost very few people can relate to that. But when you hear someone say, you know, I struggled for three years, I I I I I, I failed in four businesses, and by my fifth one, I succeeded, you know, or I grew up poor and I, and I was poor for like 25 years, I was almost I was living out of a car. But then finally, after seven years, I was able to figure it out. Now I'm successful. People can relate to that because they're saying, this person isn't perfect. This person made the mistakes. Mm-hmm. They had plenty of failures. This person was in prison. But yet this person was able to make it work. That's how they can relate. And, and you know what? This person isn't any better than I am. But if this person mm-hmm. comes across as perfect, saying everything worked out perfect in my life, I had no problems, no one can relate to that. So mm-hmm. and it's, it's good. But you, you're so I... I I know most people, the speakers, I can relate to them probably, you can, you, know, you feel the same way. The speakers we can relate to the most are the ones that share their vulnerabilities, their failures. They're saying, mm-hmm. I did this for 12 years and then, but man, but then, then my, I, I was, I changed course and then, you know, life got so much better, but I made so mm-hmm. many mistakes along the way, but I learned from it. So I think those are the kind of people you can relate to. And, 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 and the same thing. So many ways, parenthood can uh, just be an example for your business as well. So true. And, you know, it makes you approachable. You know, if you think Mm -hmm. back to that person who has everything going right, you're going to feel like an idiot asking them a question because you're like me and, you know, they're going to be thinking I'm a slacker or whatever, you know, and you're not even going to want to ask. But that person who is more open and vulnerable, you're going to feel like, man, you know, I don't I I feel comfortable asking them this and trusting that they're going to give me the truth about it. Uh, I really learned early in my career that, you know, a lot of times people that are in leadership, you know, they're put on pedestals, you know, they are like, oh my goodness, you know, you get celebrities and it's like, for some reason they become inhumane. (laughs) I don't know what the issue is, but uh, the person who gave me that advice said, people will put you on a pedestal, but you can get down from that pedestal because a pedestal separates you from the people. You're looking down on them. You're not even eye level. You're, you don't even relate. But if you get down off the pedestal, you're on their level and you people can resonate with your story. 
So you can get a lot more accomplished and have a greater impact if people can resonate with you because that is what makes your story inspiring. See, when mm -hmm. people get on a, a platform where they see me talking as a mother of 15, I can talk about regular experiences of juggling family and marriage and all these different things, and they can relate to that. So it inspires them to take action. It helps me to eliminate excuses for people because they say, well, shoot, you know, most people say, well, I have kids. Well, I don't have 15 and she's doing it. So I need to get busy. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I like to do is to be able to say, you know, I can talk about all the things that are an obstacle, but it's to inspire people that if I can do it, you can do it too. No, absolutely. And like you said, you're, you're an example for all those moms out there. You know, they may only have mm -hmm. a few kids and they're saying, if she could do it with 15, I could do it with three. So you're right. Mm -hmm. they're, they, they, they don't have an excuse. Like you said, I, I did it with 15 kids. I'm running several businesses and I'm managing the household. I can do it, you can do it. So you're right. You can, you mm -hmm. can be a great example to other people. Your approachable people may put you on a pedestal, but you, like you mm -hmm. said, you can bring yourself down from it. And, and, mm -hmm. and I'm glad you brought up that point because you know there's some lots of gurus out there. Some of them, I'm not going to name names. Some of them are very hard to approach. It's like you go to their event it's like trying to get near them. It's like trying to get right next to the president of the U.S. It's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. Then there are other gurus who are like, during the break, you can go up to them. They'll sign an I, autograph for you. They'll take a picture with you. And I resonate with those kind of people. I find them approachable. Mm -hmm. And you know what? I'm much more likely to go to their event than to the other person's event where, you know, I, the only the only take a photo with me if I sign up for the $10,000 coaching course, which is like six months from now, I'm like, well, I, I, I can't resonate with that. But like you said, if you make yourself approachable, people can resonate with the things you do. You make yourself approachable, people can identify with you, with your story. Mm -hmm. I, I, I it, It's the story that's real. you know, that kind of person is very attractive. And, uh, mm -hmm. and, and I'm glad, you know, you're out there to inspire a lot of moms out there because uh, especially uh, like industry, for example, like Neville marketing uh that industry mm -hmm. is like 75 percent females overwhelmingly moms working from home they want to be mm -hmm. with their kids and want to bring income to the family and 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 to see an example uh, like yourself saying wow she can do it i can do it and i you know mm -hmm. it's great we have moms like you that can inspire other moms you know that you know that they can have this life they have a good life they mm -hmm. can you know they can accomplish anything that they want and um it's good that yeah. you're able to do that. It's, it's awesome. Well, and stuff. I appreciate that. Thank you so much for those kind words. And I think, you know, it's also a testament to collaboration. You know, I think, um, you know, instead of having a competitive mindset, but really thinking about, you know, how can we collaborate? And, you know, you can cover a lot more ground if you collaborate rather than compete. You know, we just did an interview on my platform last week now this week we're doing your platform and so i think it's important to recognize man you know we can go a lot further together than trying to do it by ourselves no i agree and i love that idea of the collaborative mindset versus the competitive mm -hmm. mindset you can get so much more done do many more great things together when we work with each other try to work against each other and i think mm -hmm. a lot more people understood that that it, you know, there'll be a lot more success out there. Unfortunately, some of the things you'll learn in some of these schools and some of these colleges and even some of these jobs, like in the corporate world, is sometimes you're taught to compete instead of collaborate. Mm -hmm. But from mm -hmm. what I've observed is the people that collaborate the most are the ones that get the most done. So I'm glad you so brought fair. that up. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because it really takes the pressure off. You know, um, I mean, I'm able to do a lot of different things. It's just like that LeBron James uh, scenario, right? You know, I can come and talk about mental wellness, you know, in different platforms, but understanding, you know, my passion and being in places where I could talk about that, you know, to me, there's no ending to what that looks like for me. Whereas, you know, if I'm trying to you know, do all these other things that I'm not gifted at. I'm overwhelmed. I burn myself out. Then I miss opportunities to do what I really like because I've burnt myself out doing some stuff that is not in my wheelhouse. Yeah. And you don't want to spend your time wasting the energy on stuff that's under your wheelhouse, things you don't want to right. do, things you enjoy. <laughs> like what we discussed, we focus on the things you enjoy doing. All right. So getting close to the end of our interview. So before we had a couple of quick questions, number one, for those that want to become, uh, especially to the moms out there, maybe they're thinking of working mm-hmm. for them, they want to be entrepreneurs, you know, regardless of what kind of uh, job is, whether it's no American, fully American, whatever they want to do, mm-hmm. what advice would you want to give, especially to the moms who are saying, you know what, I, I, I really want to work from home and, you know, and, you know, they, what are the things that they need to do to get started and what, what are the things they need to do as they're starting their entrepreneurial journey? Well, I think one thing is really knowing who you are. You know, part of my thing with depression was I lost my identity. I didn't even know if I was doing things because I wanted to or was I people pleasing and seeking validation. So the first thing is knowing who you are. The second thing is really understanding what problem you solve. You know, I am really clear, regardless of all the businesses that I participate in, that I am passionate about mental wellness. You know, I'm reminded every day that I lost 13 years of my life in depression and I am not going to return there. So I'm very passionate about sharing my story to prevent other people from that same big pothole in life. And then the next thing is really understanding the value of collaboration. You know, um, when you learn how to collaborate, you learn to really take a lot of the pressure off, you know, the pressure off of um, feeling like, you know, people are competing, the pressure of not feeling comfortable asking questions, the pressure of, you know, not feeling like things have to be perfect. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, all those things are ways that we can paralyze ourselves because we have these unrealistic expectations based a lot of times out of ignorance you know, because we really haven't experienced these things. We don't know what we don't know. And we're afraid to ask and things of that nature. So really knowing who you are, really being open about being able to uh, face that. And then knowing the problem that you can solve, what you're passionate about, and learning how to collaborate. Those will be three key things I'd say to keep in mind. No, and that is a lot of great stuff out there. And then, and then when you were talking about mental uh, awareness, mental illness, I, I was mm-hmm. looking at a quote you saying, a smile they can keep, help keep mental illness away. So mm-hmm. that's, and then that, that is a big issue in this country. So, you know, I'm glad you're helping people deal with that and realize, you know, you dealt with depression for 13 years and there's a lot more people that deal with it. And a lot of these people are very successful people, but we don't see that behind the scenes. So it's mm-hmm. definitely a very important issue. So I'm glad you're helping people deal with it. So well, I want to say you. 
<laughs> and I want to say thank you, Lachelle, America's Supermom, for being on this show. It was a pleasure and honor having you on, my friend. I love all the great wisdom you shared, a lot of great value. And it's great to see people like you helping a lot of, pe a lot of people out there and uh, making a big difference in this world. And before I let you go, my friend, mm -hmm. if people want to reach out to you, what is the best way for them to contact you? Well, they can reach me on any social media platform. And actually, you can Google me. I got a lot of content <laughs> out there. I'm on YouTube, Instagram. I do a lot of videos to educate people. So uh, yeah, any of those platforms. And again, I want to thank you for giving me the opportunity to share with your audience. Uh, you asked great questions, kept me on my toes. So it's uh, been a pleasure to be here. Uh, thanks again for being on. So remember, Lachelle Atkins, you can find her on any pretty much any social media platform. You can just Google her name and she'll mm -hmm. pop up. But thanks again for being on the show. Have an amazing day, my friend. All right, you too. Thank you, bye-bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you've enjoyed listening, please smash that subscribe button so you don't miss any of our amazing episodes. Please also leave a five-star rating review and have an awesome day.